right, guys. Uh, welcome to our mega breakout session on hope for our brokenness. I'm Justin Felch. I'll be your guide for the next 45 minutes. Um, so I like to tell stories and stuff. Uh, so I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about myself before we start. Is that okay? Yeah, okay, good, good. I was going to do it anyways, but thanks for the permission. Hey, so listen, um, about 18 years ago, uh, I started graduate school at Troy University. Uh, as a sophomore in college, uh, I felt called to ministry and uh, couldn't really afford Bible college. I wasn't smart and didn't know about um, seminary back then. And so I thought, you know what? I think something would really help me prepare for ministry is if I like learn more about human behavior. And so I got a master's degree in counseling and psychology um, before I started doing uh, Chi Alpha full-time. And uh, during my time as a volunteer Chi Alpha leader, we, we pioneered a group as a graduate student. During my time, I worked for about a year uh, in a uh, local mental health counseling center, uh, dealing with severely mentally ill people, doing crisis intervention call and things like that. So um, that's, I guess, what qualifies me to teach on this today. So that's why we're going to talk about this. I would say in my last 18 years of campus ministry, there probably hasn't been a semester or a year that's gone by that we haven't had to help a student uh, through crisis intervention, people who are suicidal or people who are at a point where they had a psychotic break. And so I think it's really important um, that we in the church are prepared to help people who are struggling and we need to be able to offer them hope uh, for the very real brokenness they have. And so that's kind of where we're gonna go today. My main focus, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you more about this in a minute, we're gonna talk about learning to cope uh, with the mental and emotional pain and burden uh, that we feel and some ways that we can uh, be um, more robust individuals and have better coping mechanisms and be more resilient. So that's kind of where we're gonna go today. Uh, I wanna do a few things up front, a little bit of triage, okay? So listen, some of you, you came because, that's the next slide, by the way, Elijah, you got it. All right, hey, you guys get up for Elijah in the back, running slides. <laughs> Woo! He's doing a great job. He, he really loves the attention. If you guys all give him a hug on the way out, he'll really appreciate that. Don't do it. Um, so listen, a little bit of triage. Some of you, some of you are here because like you just wanna learn how to help others better and you wanna have a better understanding and maybe you're a small group leader and you're like, I got some people in my small group that are struggling. And so some of you, that's kind of where you're at. Some of you are like, I'm really struggling and um, I'm not, not handling my own emotions. I'm not handling my own stress well and I kind of need help. And so maybe some of you, you're here because like you wanna kind of figure your own self out. So I wanna kind of give, give this up front, like, um, you need to know where you're at before we talk about these things. Now, this is not gonna be a super in-depth talk, um, but we may talk about things that may be, some, may be a little bit difficult. Maybe you don't wanna process all of this in this room with all of these people, right? And so if at any point this feels overwhelming or feels like it hits home too much, feel free to excuse yourself or go walk around or distract yourself with your phone, take a nap. That will not hurt my feelings at all. And so I just want you guys to kind of be just aware of where you're at but before we get into this. Uh, because some of these topics uh, could be an issue. And so I just wanna say this up front. If you are struggling, if you are overwhelmed emotionally, mentally, tell somebody, talk to someone, talk to your campus pastor, tell your small group leader, find a counselor, do something, and do it soon, don't wait, okay? Now, that leads into my disclaimer, okay? This is not medical advice. I'm not your doctor. I'm not your counselor. I'm not a therapist, I'm not licensed in the state of Tennessee, I'm not giving you professional advice on your mental health or your medical health, right? If your doctor told you to take medication, 
take the medication. Don't say, this guy at Salt told me that um, the Lord healed me and I can stop. Okay, don't, don't do that. I'm serious. You're like, well, this guy said if I just pray, that it'll be better. No, Justin did not say that. And so this is my disclaimer, right? I'm not a doctor, I'm not a counselor. I'm a pastor, but guess what? I'm not even your pastor. You have, well, some of you, I guess, are mine. But anyways, unless you're from Troy or maybe the state of Alabama, I claim some of you. But the rest of you guys, you have your own pastors. Maybe you have your own counselor. Um, don't listen to what I say over what they say. You need to, to listen to those people who are closest to you in your life. So that's my disclaimer before we get in. All right, you guys ready? All right, here we go. Today, we're gonna talk about pain. Now, I'm gonna use the word pain because I think this is an easy catch-all term, but I kind of wanna give a little bit of disclosure first. So when I say pain, what I'm referring to, I'm talking about the negative, emotional, or mental condition that we all face as a result of things that happen in our life. For some of us, that looks like sadness, For some of us, it looks like stress or anxiety. For some of us, it's anger or bitterness. For each person, we may face a similar situation, but it will affect us differently mentally and emotionally. Okay, So I may use specific terms, but just because that term doesn't apply to you or your response, don't assume I'm not talking to you. So I'm probably gonna use this very general word pain. And so... This is what I'm talking about when I say pain. I mean those things that affect your ability to function optimally. So here's what happens in your life. You ready? Some negative thing happens, and we'll get more into this later, and you feel a certain emotion. And that emotion is unpleasant, and it causes you discomfort. And you only can focus on that discomfort. And at some point, that discomfort, that pain level, becomes so much that you stop doing the things that you're supposed to do, right? And I think we can, we can use a physical analogy. Like there's some point, like some of you, have you ever been like, like sick as a dog, like vomiting, like you just can't stop. And like the only thing that matters in the world is that you make it go away. You just want it to stop. Like time stops, like everything else in the world doesn't matter because when you're in agony, you just need it to stop. And for some people, that's their mental emotional state. They live in this survival mode where the, the pressure and the weight and the stress, uh, whatever, whatever emotional pain may look like for you is so great that we just can't function. Now, just kind of secret. I hope this is more encouraging than discouraging. But if you guys are gonna do ministry in your life, if any of you ever wanna lead other people or help other people, if, so if you're in a helping profession, uh, if you're gonna be a social worker or a counselor or maybe a teacher, I don't know, maybe you wanna be a missionary one day. Your success will depend on your ability to cope with pain. It will. Because what will happen is if you don't learn to cope with pain, at some point it will overwhelm you to the point that you only care about making the pain stop and you will sabotage yourself because you don't know how to get out. All of us, all of us have some degree of problem with mental and emotional pain. It's not a matter of if we are susceptible to mental health issues or if we are susceptible to things like depression and anxiety. It's what is our threshold for those things. 
Now listen, sometimes there's, there's a biological factor for sure. Sometimes it's environment. Sometimes it's the way you were raised and your inner formation. But the reality is, is for a lot of us, we're, we're like a couple bad days away from a breaking point at some points in our life. And it's not because we're bad people or we're weak people. It's just that sometimes the pain is so much that we don't have the mechanisms to cope with it. And if we're gonna do anything great in our life, if we're gonna have any meaningful impact on the world, we have to learn to cope with the pain. Okay, now, I don't, I don't know about you guys, right? I think one of the things that is most damaging for our mental and emotional health uh, are those folks who live with an over-realized eschatology, those people who live as if Jesus has already come back. This is the name it and claim it crowd, the well, I'm not gonna say that anything's bad because that's you know positive confession kind of nonsense and just Jesus hasn't come back yet, right? We're not living in new creation. Uh, he hasn't taken away all of our pain and suffering yet. We still live in a broken, fallen world. And so the reality is, is we have to learn to live in the reality that pain is real and, and it's something that we're going to have to go through and that in order to do anything great, we're gonna have to get to the other side. And so today we're gonna talk about how do we cope with that pain? How do we endure through those mental, emotional hardships? And how do we make ourselves or help ourselves be positioned to be more resilient. So today is gonna to be like super practical, very non-theological, which kind of hurts my heart a little bit. Um, but I think it's really helpful because, because here's what I've learned. I think, I think that spiritual maturity looks a lot like emotional maturity, okay? Because it's really hard for you to live for Jesus and be a good example for Jesus if you're walking around with your insecurities on your shoulder and you can't interact with other people in a mature way because of the brokenness you're carrying. And so I think the Lord does wanna help us uh, in this area. And so that's where we're gonna go. All right, that's the introduction. You guys good so far? I haven't lost you, great. Okay, I need a, I need a lot of feedback. I'm, I'm in, I have a confession, I'm sometimes a little insecure. You notice, guys, this morning, everybody clapped when they announced Anthony's breakout on the Holy Spirit, and nobody clapped for me, and that, I'm just kidding. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. So I, I wanna give you guys um, some coping skills. I wanna, I wanna talk to you about some really simple things, if that's okay. So you guys may have seen some of these things before somewhere. Um, <clears throat> we call them the three anchors uh, in Troy, but you can call them whatever you want, right? And so we're gonna use this structure because the structure really helps. So we're gonna talk about healthy relationship with Jesus, healthy community, and healthy responsibility. I think these are things you all need and you don't want, and we're gonna talk about why you need them and why they're helpful. So, um, you know, part of the problem is uh, when you trust people and you learn to depend on people, and those are the people who help you get through the really difficult times in life, at some point, like, that's gonna be the person that you have the problem with, and that's gonna be the person who hurt you, and those are sometimes the times that we're most vulnerable, right? Who do you go to? Who helps you cope when the person who helped you cope let you down or, you know, like what happens when your pastor is the one that did something wrong, but your pastor was the one that you, you talked to about people who did you wrong and like, how do you manage that and how do you not have a crisis of faith and how do you not go off the deep end when that happens? So I wanna talk to you um, first about a healthy relationship with Jesus. You can go to the next slide. There we go, bam. So here's the deal. Jesus, in his wisdom, we talked about this morning in our, our first session, he realizes that our world is broken, that we're broken people. Mentally, emotionally, we are broken. 
and we need to be put back together again. In fact, our world is broken. And so really, even if we're whole people, we're still having to wade through the brokenness and, and, and the sin of the world that we live in. So uh, I'm gonna read a couple of verses uh, to set the, the tone here. Go ahead, next slide, Elijah. So in Isaiah 53, it's a familiar text. It says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities and upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace and by his wounds, we are healed. And then in Isaiah 61, this is the text that Jesus quotes in the temple. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of God, to comfort all who mourn. So Jesus is interested in your peace. Jesus is interested in the sorrow that you carry. Jesus is interested in the pain that you feel. And I think sometimes we really struggle with this as Christians because we don't know what to do about the rage that we feel when we sit down to talk to Jesus. So many times we don't know, we haven't learned how to process our emotions with Jesus. Now, some of it, it's because we have this very Sunday school idea of Jesus and I'm not accusing you of having that and I'm not, there's nothing wrong with Sunday school, okay? Go to church. Um, however, um, However, oftentimes we don't know how to have real conversations with Jesus, right? Like you can go to your small group and you can talk in your small group about Jesus and you can describe Jesus maybe even to others, but like you haven't learned to have a real gut level, honest conversation with Jesus. And part of that's because you haven't learned to be honest with yourself about what you're really feeling. Because like, it's really scary. Can I just be real honest? Like, to admit that you're still bitter and angry about something that happened in your past, like that's hard to do. And I think one of the ways that this really, Christians struggle so much is because we get caught in this web of angst because we feel like we ought to be a certain way. We have to be a certain way before we can approach Jesus, before we can have a relationship with Jesus. But, but we have all these emotions that are bottled up inside and we don't know how to deal with it. I have a friend who's in Chi Alpha, and he and his wife, they, they had a miscarriage. They, they lost the baby. And he said, I never realized how terrible worship music is until I was suffering because I went to church and all the songs were lies. And I didn't know how to deal with that because I wasn't happy and I wasn't rejoicing and God didn't take away my suffering and God didn't take away my pain and all the things I did. I didn't have an avenue to process what I was really feeling, the real deep pain. There wasn't room in church to deal with that. And I think for a lot of us, we've been programmed to only think about Jesus and think about our relationship with Jesus in maybe a positive or happy light. And, and we have to always be blessed and happy. And we don't, we don't know how to talk to God about our brokenness. We don't know how to sing songs of lament. And you know, I could go on and on about the shallowness of some of our worship lyrics, but I think part of the issue is that we can't be honest 
with ourselves, and we can't be honest with God about what's going on. And I think this is really what's holding us back often in our relationship with God. And, and this is a big, I mean, we need Jesus's help to cope, but how in the world can we deal with these things with Jesus if we can't be honest with ourselves? You see, here's the problem. If you can't be honest with yourself, then you can never be intimate with Jesus because he knows everything about you. And to come into his presence is to have all of that laid bare and be vulnerable. Now, listen, this is a tall task. And I just wanna kind of give this disclaimer. I don't expect you to leave here today with like a list of things you have to do because that's gonna overwhelm you, right? How many of you have like a little bit of ADHD? A little bit, right? Here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna make a list. You're like, that's good stuff. I'm gonna do all of them. And in 30 minutes, you'll have accomplished none of it. And you'll be like, oh, it's too hard. I quit, right? Like, you're not gonna do this in a day. Listen, the things that, the brokenness and stuff that's piled up in your life, it's taken you like 20, 18 years, however old you are. It's, it took you that long to get like this. And sometimes I have to unlearn things, but we have to learn how to sit down and have an honest conversation with Jesus how to talk to him like we would a confidant and a friend and how to be real and be vulnerable and not feel dirty and rejected by him. Because here's the thing, if, if we can't learn to be honest with Jesus about these things in our life, we don't really have any hope. Everything else I'm gonna tell you doesn't matter if you can't invite Jesus into these broken areas of your life. And I don't know what that looks like for you, I don't have a quick fix for that, but I'm telling you, if this is a problem for you, if you, can't, if you can't lament to your savior, if you can't be honest about the negative emotions that you're struggling with, with your savior, then, then you need to deal with that. Don't pass go, don't collect $200, don't do anything else until you deal with that because it will eat you alive. You can fake it for so long, but at some point the pain will become unbearable and it will cripple you. And you won't be able to cope without Jesus' help because he's the one that cares about your, your burdens and your worries and, and your emotional angst. All right, number two, moving along. Healthy community. Ah, this is tough. This is tough. You guys are, are fiercely independent, I'm sure right? Um, there's there's a, a song I, I caught uh, one of our, our children singing one day, and it was a really popular song at the time, but uh, the chorus went something like this, um, can't nobody tell me nothing, and it just repeated that over and over again. I just thought about that. I was like, that's so true. You know, it's it's weird. You know, I'm I'm really old now, but uh, I think back like to when people actually cared what pastors and leaders had to say. Um, here, here's the thing, guys. Like it feels really, really freeing to be able to define your own identity. It feels really, really, really freeing to, to set your own values. But it's really, really exhausting being independent. It is. Choice fatigue is real. Okay, listen, some, some of the reasons that people accept terrible leaders is because they just don't wanna make choices because making choices is exhausting. How many of you like hate making choices? Anybody here, right? Especially at restaurants, right? My wife, she actually, she actually she's, she, my wife's a, a, a teacher and she sent me 
uh, a screenshot from their training today about, about choice fatigue. She was actually, she was like, hey, we're talking about some of the same stuff. Here's the problem is you want to define your own values and you want to define your own morals and you want to define your own path and you want to define what is good and right and wrong and you're in this age where you're struggling against what your parents say, right? You know what's really fun, right? When you go live at college and you have complete independence and then you go home for like three weeks and you have a curfew again or you have to do the dishes or whatever. It's like, no! And everything in you rebels against that. Here's Here's the problem that I think we're really struggling with. You were not designed to be an individual. You are supposed to be defined by the community that you're a part of. Now, here's the trick, is you have to choose that community wisely, right? That doesn't mean that you're gonna be defined by any group that accepts you. That's not what I'm saying, okay? Like, don't go join a cult or something weird, right? Be discerning, be discerning, but, but our identity and our peace is found in becoming the person our community needs us to be. And there is safety and there is strength in that. And I think one of our biggest mistakes is thinking that we have to figure it out on our own. I remember, I remember like what was really scary. I remember I was, I told you guys I was called to ministry as a sophomore in college. I, I was I was wrecked because um, like, I didn't want to get it wrong. Like, I, I didn't want to screw up my life in like, you know, the first 20 years so that I couldn't like, get it back. And I was like, what if I do it wrong? What if I pick the wrong major? Right? What, if I, what if I think I'm called, but I'm not really called? But what if I'm called to do this one thing, but then I go do the other thing, and I'm supposed to do this? But like, what if I do this? Whew. Calling is like, a really difficult thing. Like, there's not really like a job. Like, you, don't, you don't go to a job fair and be like, Hey, there's a table where you sign up to be a minister. I really struggled a lot with like, what am I supposed to do with my life? And who am I supposed to become? And what does that mean? And what if I get it wrong? And I think one of the things that we miss the most because of our fierce independence is we don't wanna give people a license to speak into our life. Now, some of us, it's because we've been broken in the past and that, like, it's really messy. But like, like what, if, what if the Lord loves you enough to like, put community around you to be like the guardrails to keep you from making stupid choices? And what if like you're stressing yourself out over a million petty little decisions that like the Lord has already given you like people to help you figure that out? And I think a lot of the angst that we struggle with, the things that weigh us down are decisions and tasks that the Lord has not given us responsibility for, but we've taken it anyways. And we're trying to do things that we were not meant to do. We're trying to establish value systems and norms and we're so busy pushing against the status quo or rebelling against antiquated ideas that, that we actually don't have the ability to learn from the wisdom of our community or the wisdom of leaders of the past. And so healthy community is a key. Now, long time ago, before they would let me out of grad school, I had to like write this personal theory of human behavior, right? It was a lot of fun. And so I'm gonna share with you my theory of what makes people broken and why we can't cope with our brokenness, okay? So I told you guys earlier, everybody's gonna experience emotional pain. It's, it's, it's gonna happen. Someone's gonna die. Someone's gonna hurt your feelings. Like something's gonna happen in your life, right? Someone's gonna cut you off in traffic. I don't know, whatever. Something, something is gonna, gonna cause you pain. The issue is, can you deal with it? 
right? Because human beings are really resilient. Like if you think about all the things that human beings in the past have been subjected to and then like somehow became like functioning people, like, right, go, go read Corey Tim Boom. Like how in the world do you live through those things and then like still like have love in your heart? And so it's about, it's about coping. And I think I have, I have this idea. I have these three things that I think keep us from being able to cope, okay? It all has to do with relationships, healthy community. This is the next slide. So we have broken relationships. These are things people hurt us in the past and we have not come to terms with them. We have inappropriate relationships. These are relationships that lack boundaries, that are often one-sided, And then we have a lack of relationships. We don't have enough close relationships to help us through this. I think if you can solve these three things in your life, then you can cope with almost anything that happens. If you can solve these three, listen, some of you are still holding on to betrayals that happened in the third grade. I'm just being honest. Some of us are still walking around with insecurities because we haven't taken the time to sit down and deal with it. Listen, do you know the reason that you sit and stare at this little device and do this motion all the time is? You don't want to live in reality because reality is painful. So you numb. You numb yourself with entertainment because you don't have to deal with it. Listen, go sit down with your pastor Go find a therapist, find someone and deal with what happened in the past. You'll never be a good leader if you don't deal with it because it will be the boogeyman that you see behind every corner. It will make you suspicious of the people that try to help you. You have to deal with the broken relationships from your past because if you don't deal with those broken relationships from the past, you're never gonna have a healthy community that's gonna help you cope now. So go deal with that. Like seriously, you get up now and go walk. I don't care. Like don't do anything else until you deal with that. Number two, inappropriate relationships. So this is a struggle. Everyone wants to be loved, right? Anybody here is like, Okay, like I say this, but I don't really mean it. Like, I really don't care what people think about me. That's why I offend a lot of people, I guess. Um, But I really do care what people think about me. And I think one of the things that's really destructive is when when we have relationships and we can't set boundaries. And some of you, it's because you're like super non-confrontational, right? How many of you love conflict? Raise your hand. Wow, okay. We'll argue after this. I don't know, you pick a topic. We'll have like a theology fight club or something. Yeah, so listen. You're gonna have a hard time coping with things in the life if you can't learn to set boundaries in your relationships and say the word no. I know this is really simple stuff, but you gotta figure out how to do this. Because if you can't have appropriate relationships, what's gonna happen is you're gonna let anger and frustration and little things bubble and you're gonna be passive aggressive and you're gonna find inappropriate ways to cope with and to handle the stress and the pain that come from other people's actions and behaviors. And so you've got to learn how to have appropriate adult relationships 
how to say, say the word no, and how to realize that your hurt feelings are not my concern. Right? I am not responsible for the emotions that are invoked by the words that I say right now. Listen, I don't want to make you angry or sad. I don't want to hurt you. But if we have a conversation and we disagree and you cry, okay. You should go talk to somebody about that. Wow, you guys are being really judgy right now. I feel really hurt. Maybe somebody. <laughs> All right, and, and lastly is lack of relationships. And what I mean by this is lack of close supportive relationships, right? Because this thing, like everybody has relationships, right? Like everybody has like 100 friends, but like you're not honest with any of them, right? What I mean here is, do you have relationships that are sufficient to help you through difficult times? Do you have people who can tell you the truth about when you're being stupid? Right? When you go, it's like, you can't believe what she did to me and she said the thing. And, uh, right? And you get really worked up, right? Do you have people that can sit you down and say, all right, take a breath. Let's talk about what happened. Have you considered that maybe you were wrong? Listen, it's hard to have those types of relationships because that hurts. But the fact that you can't have those relationships says that you haven't dealt with the broken relationships in your past. Right? So we, 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 we uh, run a CMIT program at Troy and uh, we sent a couple people to give a year other places as well. Um, but like, I've noticed people really, really struggle in that first year of ministry internship because for a lot of people, it's the first time they've really had critical feedback and been told they're not good at stuff. Can I just be honest? You need to be told when you're not good at stuff. You need to be told when you're wrong. And if you can't have those relationships where people tell you those things and you go, okay, I'm gonna work on that. And if you can't ask questions without being defensive, that's gonna be a problem for your growth. Hey, listen, it doesn't mean you're not a Christian. It doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't love you. It doesn't mean we're gonna kick you out of Chi Alpha. It just means that, that you need to grow in that area if you're gonna cope, because here's the deal, right? The Lord loves you, and he's not gonna give you more opportunity for influence until you learn to manage what you already have in life. And so this is for your growth, to be able to, to, be able to deal with your broken relationship from the past, to be able to have appropriate, healthy boundaries in your current relationships, and to be able to deal with your lack of close relationships. So that's healthy community. All right. How are we doing on time? Right on time, great. All right, healthy responsibility. How many of you love responsibility? That felt fake. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that felt fake. That felt fake. Hey, listen, yeah. Poor Elijah, he's back there, he's doing his best. I skipped my scriptures, didn't I, Elijah? Oh well, it'll be all right. All right, here we go. Healthy responsibility. Genesis chapter two, verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it, right? You heard that this morning, right? You were, you were made to work. Work's not a, a bad thing, right? Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Can I, can I just, just let you guys in on a secret? 
I know you're in Chi Alpha, so you know this, but like the gospel isn't about you. Jesus didn't save you because he really likes you the most. He saved you because he's inviting you to partner with him to do something. And if you think that you're following Jesus and you bear no responsibility for the gospel, that's not the gospel and you missed it. I think, oh, I'm trying not to be old and curmudgeon right? But it's so hard, right? Listen, your campus pastor, he, shrug- he struggled, he, she, whoever, they struggle with this, right? They tell you how about we, how we need to make disciples, right? They probably like talk about 2 Timothy 2, 2, right? The things you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses uh, and trust the faithful men who can teach others. You need to all memorize that, right? And they talked about the Great Commission from Matthew 28, right? Go and make disciples, baptizing the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all that I've commanded you and lo, I'm with you all to the end of age, right? You know those things. And you're like, yes. But like leading a small group, like that's, that's a lot of commitment. Like I gotta commit a whole year, like 10 hours a week. I, it's gonna cut into my Xbox time. Listen, like, yeah, we love responsibility, but it's, it's just really stressful to have responsibility, right? I wanna commit to things. Can I just be real honest? Like you, you are crippling yourself if you're avoiding responsibility and commitment in your life. Let me explain, right? Remember once upon a time, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was this thing where like everybody stayed at home, right? Our campus, it was like a ghost town. Like some people lived on campus, but there weren't like any in-person classes. So people just like sat in their dorm rooms and played Xbox all day. Um, It was really terrible, Right? People had all the free time they could ever want, all the entertainment they could ever want, the lowest level of responsibility they could ever want, and they were miserable. Because you need purpose in your life. You need a reason to get up in the morning and take a shower and brush your teeth and put on clothes. You need a routine. I'm serious. People, people I'm, again, this is not medical advice, right? But people who suffer, suffer from depression, I'm not saying they shouldn't take medication, but one of the most helpful things other than medication is for them to establish a daily routine where they have a sleep cycle, where they get up at a regular time, do tasks at a regular time, and go to bed at a regular time. Listen, when people come in and tell, I'm overwhelmed, I'm burnt out, I'm stressed, what time did you go to bed last night? What time did you get up? Huh, well, drive your car with no gas and see how that works out for you. These are really simple things and you're smart people, so you know this. But a lot of this comes back to responsibility and that holding about wanting to be free and wanting to do what I wanna do. Like that stuff is toxic for your mental health. Because the Lord created you to have responsibility to be responsible for something. Listen, when, when I do crisis intervention, when I, when I have to sit down and talk with someone who's considering suicide, one of the things they train you to do is they train you to ask people, what is it that you have to do tomorrow? Do you have a pet that you have to feed? Like, is there a pet that's not gonna get, like the most menial responsibility we can find? Because oftentimes responsibility is what keeps us going. It is. Listen, there are days, 
Like if I didn't have two kids to take care of and a wife that's counting on me, if my students didn't need me, I'd stay in bed because I don't feel like it. But responsibility is a healthy thing for us. And when we avoid responsibility, we rob ourselves of what we're created for. Because it, it keeps us moving forward. It gives us a reason to move forward, a reason to do the things even when our emotions betray us. And your emotions are going to betray you at some point. And so you need to have a deep enough sense of conviction and responsibility to keep you moving forward. And if you make no commitments to anyone or anything, then you will not have a reason to get out of bed in the morning. When you don't feel like it, you just won't do it. And the next day, and the next day, until some point, it's gonna snowball, it's gonna become too much. So stop avoiding responsibility. Stop acting like freedom is the best thing for your mental health. Listen, you know what? Sometimes you do need a day off. I get it. Like, I'm not saying you should never take a break or never take a vacation. I'm just telling you, like, I don't take a lot of vacations and I don't take a lot of breaks. And, you know, I don't like to take sick days because people are counting on me. All right, people are lost and need to hear about Jesus. Do I feel like preaching every sermon I preach? Absolutely not. Listen, I don't know about you guys, but students in our Alpha, they're knuckleheads. And sometimes I show up and they're just being stupid and I just want to go home. Like, I don't want, I don't want to talk to you guys. Y'all are being dumb. I bet you feel that way about people you have to interact with. But, but healthy levels of responsibility. I'm, and again, we talked about inappropriate relationships. I'm not talking about this type of responsibility that says that I have to make you happy all the time. That's not healthy. That's not what I'm talking about. No, a healthy responsibility that keeps us motivated, keeps us going forward, gives us a reason to have structure in our daily life. Um, if you're struggling, right, with time management, some of you are a little bit ADHD, and you're like, I wanna get all the things done, but then I just lost all my motivation, and I have a list that's so long, I'll never get it done, right? Listen, I, I, I need things to help me cope because I'm a little bit ADHD. I, I have a spreadsheet, I know, it's gonna sound super nerdy, right? I have a spreadsheet and my week is broken down into 30-minute increments. And that's how I plan my week. Because I, I'm not, I don't have enough energy to just shoot from, from the hip and like deal with everything. I, book I wanna recommend, right? Andy Stanley, you guys ever heard of him, right? He has a book, it used to be called Choosing to Cheat, but now I think it's like in Work and Life Collide, they changed it, the first title was better. But it, it talks about this reality in our life that most of us, we live our lives um, putting out fires, right? Whatever, whatever wheel squeaks the loudest, right? That's, that's the one that gets the oil, right? We live our lives from crisis to crisis, from problem to problem. Um, and the problem is you're never gonna get everything done that you need to get done. Guys, you're never ever gonna meet everyone's expectations of you. And this is important. You need to take on responsibility, but it needs to be healthy responsibility. But there's gonna come a point where you realize that you will never meet everyone's expectations and you need to choose wisely whose expectations you're fixing to cheat. I'm serious. Because otherwise what you're gonna do is whoever's the loudest, whoever makes your life the most miserable, whoever causes the most, that's what you're gonna do and that's probably not the right choice. So you need to learn to live your life intentionally and prioritize your responsibility. I recommend you make a list of what are the most important roles in your life? By the way, like follower of Jesus should be number one, right? Cheat code, right? 
Your small group is probably not number two. Your family, maybe family, right? And you need to figure out where, what is the priority? What, what is God's priority for your life? And then when, when there's a conflict, when you can't make everyone happy, you look at the list and go, okay, who's most important here? Oh, quiet time with Jesus. That's number one. Even though my friend says we have to start moving at eight o'clock and eight o'clock is my quiet time. <sighs> Maybe we can move at nine. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Now, um, last slide here, right? Is this the last one? Yeah, here we go. So I'm gonna talk to you about deception, right? There's this guy, his name's... Um, oh, I didn't, I walked away. Albert Ellis, I wanted to say something else. Name. Albert Ellis, he's not a good person. Don't go look him up. Like he, anyways, uh, he's a psychology guy. Um, he's pretty smart, but he's a really terrible person, human being. He didn't love Jesus. Anyways, um, yeah, he's, he's a bad influence, but, but his therapy, he, he invented this thing or came up with this thing called uh, Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy or REBT. And it's, it's probably the type of therapy that I employed the most when I worked as a counselor and his theories make the most sense to me. And so I'm gonna kind of, I'm gonna use some of his language and I'm gonna kind of explain some things. So these things we all, we, we talked about, they all, they cause us to have thoughts and ideas. And so there's this cycle, right? And so what happens is there's like um, some sort of like activating event that happened in your life. And then that caused you to believe something and then like, then there was a consequence. Oh, you got ahead of me, but it's okay, Elijah. So we'll, here, this is, this is my, my cycle, right? So here's what happens. You experience something, right? Somebody called you a name. Someone, someone was mean to you. Someone betrayed you. Um, something bad happened um, that caused you pain. And because of that pain, you developed a belief, right? I'll share mine. Is that okay? How am I doing on time? I think I'm almost out of time. Yeah, I got like two minutes. It'll be all right. Um, so for me, I was really struggling with whether or not I was called to ministry and was really sincerely seeking advice from someone in leadership in ministry. And I asked them um, to help me. And, and their, their words were, well, don't get in a hurry. You're not married yet because the Lord's not gonna use you until you're married, right? And so listen, that didn't go well. <sighs> It was bad because then I went and like read every Bible verse that had anything to do with that. And I sat down and made my argument about why they weren't being biblical. And that worked out great. Caused a lot of conflict with me and that spiritual leader. Didn't go over well. I did not approach it well. Okay, that was on me. Uh, led to this really terrible argument. And uh, turns out I actually needed that person's reference to do my Chi Alpha CMIT. And he heard a terrible reference for me. And somehow they let me in anyways. Um, <laughs> But like, I really trusted that person. That's why I went to them for help. And it was really, really hard. Like I was so angry, so angry. I, I rehearsed those arguments over and over, head, over and over in my head for so long. And, and I just started to think like, you know what? Like the Lord's the one that calls me and um, I, don't, I don't need spiritual leaders. In fact, I probably just didn't include spiritual leaders or people. I just don't trust the Lord and because really, like spiritual leaders, like people in authority, like really they're just hindrances to what God wants to do anyways. I convinced myself that that was true. I convinced myself that people in authority can't be trusted because they all have their own motives and other ideas. 
and they're this year, there to be roadblocks and hindrances. I believe that in my heart, I really did, which gave me very negative feelings anytime I dealt with someone in authority, which caused me to be very argumentative and defensive. Well, guess what happens when you're argumentative and defensive with people in leadership and authority? They respond negatively to that. Surprise, which leads to this other rejection experience, which confirms my belief, which makes my feelings deeper, which causes more. And you see how this cycle just keeps going and going and going and going. And most of us are stuck in this cycle. We don't even realize it because we haven't dealt with the problems from our past. We haven't dealt with the beliefs. Maybe we've forgiven the person, but we haven't dealt with the wrong and unbiblical ideas that we've adopted in our hearts about people, about ourselves, about God. And so we're stuck in this path of craziness and we're reliving the pain over and over. And this is why we can't cope because we can't deal with these lies, these wrong beliefs that we deal with. Uh, last slide. Not, it's actually not the last slide, but next slide. It's going to be our last slide for today. So here's a QR code. Scan the QR code with your phone. It's gonna take you to a PDF. At the top, it says Freedom Tool. It looks, what's in my, looks like what's in my hand. There's four quadrants on that. Um, I'm gonna leave that up. I have slides of what they look like, but I'm gonna leave that up so you guys can scan it. All right, this is my handout that I created, I use this a lot, okay? So here's what I would encourage you guys to do to deal with this, right? So read through this. Sections one, two, three, there's three squares that talk about beliefs we have about God, beliefs we have about other people, beliefs we have about ourselves, right? And when, when you read them, they're, they're really simple things. They're things like God is not trustworthy or God is not good. Um, God helps other people, but he's not gonna help me. God is angry at me because of a thing in my past, right? I've done too much for God to use me in X, Y, Z way. Our perception about other people, people are gonna overlook me. People are gonna hurt me. They can't be trusted. I always have to fight for what I want because people are not gonna help me, All right? Perceptions about ourselves, right? The things that happened in my past were my fault. Something's wrong with me. I'm not lovable. I'm not as gifted as other people. Things I do are insignificant. I'm never gonna find the right job, right spouse, whatever. These are things that we think about ourselves and we allow these beliefs to live in our minds, unchecked. Listen, this is a fun thing that I do sometimes when I talk to people. People will be telling me the story and I go, oh wait, stop, say that again. All right, write it down and we'll keep talking. We'll get in the conversation. All right, look at all the things you wrote on the paper. Explain to me why they're really true. People go, wait, that's, that's not right, is it? The problem is we, we believe these things because of our experience but they're not actually true. And these things keep us from being able to cope with the pain and stress and difficulties we, we deal with in life. And if you're gonna be used for Jesus, if you're gonna lead other people, if you're gonna help other people, you have got to deal with this stuff. Because if you don't, it'll overwhelm me. I don't care how strong or how resilient or how tough you think you are. If you don't deal with this stuff, it's gonna eat you alive. And here's the truth. Jesus cares about this stuff in your life. Jesus cares about the beliefs and the emotions, the pain and the agony. And all of these things are connected with you becoming part of his new creation. 
Just because you change your, change your outside behaviors and you do a few good things to help your Chi Alpha group or your local church, just because there's some surface level change in your life does not mean that you have become the new creation that Christ intended you to be. It doesn't mean that the work of salvation has become in full effect in your life. And the reality is that for most of us, if we're gonna live as mature believers, we're gonna have to learn to deal with this stuff. We can't pretend like it's not real. For some of you, for a lot of you, that means you may need professional help and that's okay. So I used to be a counselor, so I don't have anything against counselors. I think like, you need help if you need help, so get the help that you need. Stop trying to pretend like you're tough or, or you're just gonna you know, zap it you know, with your spiritual gifts. Listen, the Lord delivers people. The Lord helps people. I don't, I don't mean to make light of the Lord's supernatural ability to deliver us from mental illness. He can do that. But for a lot of us, it means going and talking to someone to be held accountable, to have some transparency in our life. Listen, for some of us, I, I talk about mental emotional health as, as this analogy for physical health. Listen, some of you, right, maybe you, you like had a really bad catastrophic um, muscle injury or skeletal injury. You broke a bone, you tore a ligament, right? Something really terrible happened and they had to go and like put it back together and like it hurt like the dickens, right? And then you got to go to this fun person called a physical therapist that like, they like have a degree in how to like torture people, right? Yeah, I did that. I tore my ACL and um, had the surgery. It was real fun. And so like I could not bear the pain of them like twisting my knee as far as they could. So you know what I did? I took pain medicine before I went to physical therapy for like the first week because it was so excruciating. You know what? Some people, like you're gonna need to take some medication to help you cope for a little bit until you learn to deal with the stuff. And that's okay. That is okay. So I just wanna give you permission to get whatever help you need to deal with whatever's going on in life so that you can become a person that God can use to your fullest, so that, so that God can have his way in your life because God, God has not designed you to live in this brokenness forever and it's not healthy for you or the community that you're part of for you to refuse to deal with these things. And so anyways, that's all I got today. Thank you guys. You've been a good audience.